0: Welcome to the podcast today, you guys. In her conversation um, today, we talk with Stevie Johnson. So, Stevie is a convert to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. Um, she converted in 2014 at about the age of 18 or 19 years old. Um, I know Stevie personally from high school. Actually, we went to high school together about 10 years ago, it was the last time I spoke to her in person. So, she reached out and it was a good conversation to have and listen to her story, her conversion um, to the church. and Some of the things that have gone in her life since she joined the church and even before Um, while she was talking, I really related in a lot of ways and empathized with some of the things that she said in my own journey and like kind of stepping away from the church. So I really hope this conversation can really help anyone, no matter where they're at um, in their faith and in their belief with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or any other religion for that matter. So, yeah, awesome conversation. We... I had this over Zoom, and so this will be the first episode that we have up on YouTube, officially. Um, We've recorded some things in the past, and video-wise, and I just haven't been able to like edit it and stuff like that. But I think this should be pretty easy, and I want to get it up on YouTube. So if if you're watching this on YouTube and haven't listened to any of our other episodes, check us out on most um, platforms. Spotify, Apple Podcasts specifically is where most people listen to us. Um, But just search Latter-day Bridge Builders um thank you to our generous donors who helped us to get some more equipment i actually just bought another microphone just like this one right here and it is on the way in the mail and thanks to our donors as well as my employer um, i was able to get a gift card and nothing had to be paid for out of our pockets so i appreciate that generous donations from everyone so thanks for that and one of the things this is our last episode for this season we'll be taking a little break for the month of December, and maybe even in January a little bit, um, just stick around and share this with your friends and family throughout the holiday season if you would like to do that. Um, and we'll talk to you, or we'll see you in 2023. Um, one last thing, just as always, um, we're not experts on religion, theology, or Mormonism. Any views expressed herein belong to those who made the statement and do not necessarily reflect the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or its membership. Welcome everyone to the podcast. This is Latter-day Bridge Builders. I'm your host, Mitch, and i got Garrett here with me in person. Hey, everybody. And then via Zoom, we have my friend Stevie Johnson. Stevie was a friend of mine from high school. We hung out a little bit, I think, right? Like, even went on a, one or two dates. <laughs> but-
1: yeah, I remember that. I don't remember his name, but I remember Susie. Well, I don't remember his name, your friend's yeah. name.
0: Yeah. yeah, I'm just trying to even think about like that specific date and stuff. But I, was it the Festival of Colors?
1: We oh, went, yeah. We went to right? the Festival of Colors. We went to the coffee shop a few times in Harriman, too. Yeah, so.
0: that's right. That's right. Yeah.
1: Um, anyway, time.
0: so Stevie reached out. She found out about the podcast recently and listened to every episode in the last week. So we're <laughs> thankful yeah, for our impressed. new listener. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and we just wanted to interview her um, as a convert to the church. Stevie converted in 2014, correct? hmm. And grew up her entire life here in Utah. So we want to hear a little bit about that story from growing up in Utah, surrounded by members of the church and then post-conversion and her life currently as is. So thanks, Stevie, for being on the podcast and welcome.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I'm super excited for this.
0: Cool. Um, I think we'll just start where you want to begin in your life, whether that's like early childhood, like high school, middle school, I just want to hear some experiences that you had as a non-member of the church growing up in a very concentrated LDS population and just kind of what that was like the good, the bad, the ugly kind of everything.
1: Yeah. So honestly, for the most part, it was pretty good. Like I had, I never had a problem making friends in school. I remember like specifically in elementary school, like some of my friends would talk about um, like sixth grade and middle school, they would talk about doing temple work and things. Because even though in elementary school, they weren't going to the temple yet, they would still talk about it. And like my earliest memory was I was sitting there, I was talking with my friend Alexa, and they were telling me about baptisms for the dead. And I remember just being like, you what? <laughs> what baptized dead bodies? Like, yeah, weird, what? <laughs> who are you guys? They're so weird. And then they were like, oh no, like, we just have a name and, you know, we just like do it for them and it's totally fine. And I was like, okay, I still don't get it, but like, whatever. And that was that. um And then I had, I don't know, we just like, my friends always felt comfortable talking to me about the gospel. I never had any issues with it. Um, it wasn't what I believed. Uh, I was actually raised by, um, I'm adopted and so my adopted mom was actually she was raised in the LDS church and she ended up having her records removed and so I was I wasn't necessarily raised to hate Mormons but I definitely wasn't encouraged to like fraternize with them and like sure. go to go to like young women's activities or um what is it like what's the little girls activities for days or activity something?
2: days I think so. something
1: uh, yeah. like that yeah. yeah like I was invited to do a bunch of things and my parents never really let me do it Until I was in middle school or it was sixth grade, it was a summer between sixth grade and seventh grade. And I had just read a book about a girl who went to camp just like went to a sleepaway camp. And I was like, I want to do that. So I talked to my parents and I was like, figure out how to get me to go to a sleepaway camp, because that sounds really fun. The funny thing is, is I absolutely hate camping. Like, I hate it more than anything else. Like, I hate sleeping in a tent. I hate cooking food in Dutch ovens. So it was really funny that I was like, hey, send me to sleepaway camp. Um, So I ended up going to girls camp. My mom was friends with the bishop at the time. And his daughter, like, I knew his daughter, we weren't really friends. Like we just we ran in different circles. She was nice enough, but we just ran in different circles. And so we went to girls camp together. And I had a really good experience. Like my parents let me go to young women's and do all the like, getting ready for camp things together. And I had a good time. Like these were girls in my neighborhood. And I was like, cool, these are friends in my neighborhood where all my other friends lives like all over Riverton. Um, and then I went to girls' camp, and I had a really good time. It was kind of weird. Like there were some weird things that went on. I don't. I don't know if I can talk about it, but like you can. I don't. You maybe what want happened? to edit this out. <laughs> maybe. Uh, maybe we'll right. just leave it there. They're, like it wasn't anything bad, or like I don't know how deep I want to get into it. It was just weird, and it was just like, oh, that's strange, and I'm not going to be doing that. And they respected it, and so it was fine. Um, one. So that was like. Oh, but at girls camp, I had one of my like major stinging moments from a member of the church And there was a brother that came up and I, again, I don't remember why he was there, but I just remember like there was men there for like a few hours, one of the days. And I was sitting at a table with one of the girls and this guy came over and he recognized me because we were planning to be in the same carpool for middle school. And he's like, oh, hey, Stevie, like, I didn't know you were a member. Like, I never see you at church on Sundays. And I was like, oh, I'm not a member. Like, I'm just here for sleepaway camp. He literally stands up, doesn't say another word. He stands up and walks away, like didn't say a thing to me. And then come to find out when I get home, he's pulled his kids out of his carpool. He like he won't let his kids play with us anymore because we're not members, like just really weird stuff. And at the time, like I was only 13, 12, 13 years old. And I was like, that's super dumb. But like that was the extent of it. Like I wasn't allowing me to get hurt over some guy like some adult man who got his feelings hurt. Right. Right. And so I just moved on like no big deal. Um, and then after that, that's when the missionaries started coming to my house. And to be completely honest, I wasn't super comfortable with the idea of meeting with missionaries because I was like, this is just fun for me. Like, this is just a chance for me to get to know the girls in my neighborhood. Like, this is just fun. Um, like I'm not ready to commit to anything. Um, I was raised as it's called a non-denominational Christian, you know, they have those everywhere. And so I was raised in like a non-denominational Christian church. And we went to church every single Sunday. Um our church was only one hour long, so that was like a huge perk to it, only one hour <laughs> compared oh, to the three hour church that like, you know, the Mormons had to go to. Their church yeah. is three hours and then and they meet on is like way
3: better, right? <sighs> Don't okay.
1: We are gonna talk about the music because that's something my <laughs> husband and I have been discussing so much lately. Um um, Cause like I grew up on like Christian rock, like third day and skillet and casting crowns and like really good music that makes you feel the spirit and I can just belt it out. And then you go to church on Sunday and it's like, what is this I'm listening to <laughs> and having to sing along. <laughs> to me personally, it doesn't bring the spirit. There are very few hymns that I can sing that actually bring the spirit to me. So like that—that that is one thing I miss about my non-denominational church is like the live music, the live yeah. worship. But anyway, so we would go to church every Sunday, just for an hour, and it was like it was a good time. I wasn't, I wasn't into it like my sisters were, um, and this was this was a very pivotal moment in my life. So the two kind of ages that you get baptized in a like a non LDS Christian church, at least in my experience, was like twelve and then sixteen years old. Both of those ages came and passed, and I never made the decision to get baptized into the Christian church because. How I was raised to believe and what my understanding was, is if you were baptized, you could never sin again, like ever, or Uh, else you were uh. going to hell. That was my belief growing up. I don't know if there was something lost in translation, but that was my belief. Mm -hmm. Um, We were also raised and like encouraged to read the books, the Left Behind series. Have you guys heard of that? Uh, I haven't. Okay. So are you familiar with the rapture?
0: Kind of, it's kind of like the second coming or end of the world before the second yes. coming, Jesus Christ, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. So the Left Behind series is a massive series. There's like 38 books in it. Okay, like 38 books. Wow. And basically, what it talks about is um like everybody who's righteous just pff, up and leaves, just goes up to heaven. Like their clothes are left laying around. Like um and the stories in the books are massively traumatic. You guys like um in one of the books there's a like there's a pilot that he was Christian and he was worthy to go up to heaven. So like the plane crashes and a bunch of people die because of it. And there was, I don't know, it's just a really traumatic book. And so, but like, it was written by a Christian author. So we were encouraged to read those books. Mm -hmm. And so we were also raised with the belief of like the rapture. So like Jesus is going to come at any moment, right? Like the rapture is going to happen at any time and you have to be prepared. So like, you can't sin at all ever. You can't break any of the 10 commandments. You can't do anything like that. And I was like, that's a pretty serious commitment. Like, I can never lie again. Like, I'm pretty sure I lie all the time. Like little white lies all the time (laughs) and I can never lie again. I know for a fact that I cannot commit to that. So no, I'm not, I'm not going to be baptized. I'm going to keep coming to church. I'm going to keep doing the thing, but no, I'm not going to get baptized because I know I can't make that commitment. So I'm just not going to do it. Um, my younger sister, I believe she got baptized when she was 12. I want to say my older sister, the one just older than me, she got baptized at 16. And not to give like too many personal details away, but they definitely didn't lead a life that was, you know, in conjunction with the covenants that they made by this Christian thing. And so seeing those examples, I was like, yeah, like, they didn't even do bad things like quote unquote bad things. Like they were not doing terrible things like killing people or doing drugs or anything. But I was like, yeah, they're not, they're not really following it. So if they can't do it and they've already made those, like, I know for sure I can't do it. Sure. So I'm just, I'm just not going to get baptized. That's my decision. And, um, there was one church that we went to for the most part of my like teenage years. And the, the funny thing about this church is it's actually a, it was a church of a lot of like ex members which is super interesting. They all just kind of found each other and they all created their own like non-LDS Christian church. And there were some who weren't, they just just liked the people and they just liked how it wasn't this great big like mega church. There was literally, I think, 30 members of this church. And we met in like a hotel conference room in Sandy. Um, And that's like, that's what I remember. One day I remember asking my mom a question, like a gospel question about like, if Jesus died on the cross, And, you know, we believe I believed at the time that it was all one person, the Holy Ghost, Jesus Christ and God, they're all one person, not one in the same. They're just just one person. That's what I was taught. And I was like, so how like how could Jesus be on the cross and God be up in heaven at the same time? Like, how can he die but still be alive? Like that didn't make any sense to me at all. And my mom was like, you know what? I don't know. And I was like, Oh, that's weird. Like an adult authority figure doesn't <laughs> know this question. Like that's not right in my opinion. And so, but honestly, like that was the end of it. I was just like, Oh, okay. So she doesn't know. And that's whatever it is, what it is. Um, but they're like, nobody could really answer that question for me. Like I went to my pastor and nobody could really answer that question for me. They're just like, Oh, just read it in the scriptures. It says, whatever his answer was. I don't remember what it was, but I remember it didn't resonate with me. And I was like, that doesn't sound true. Like that doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. It just, it doesn't make sense to me.
3: Was the answer God works in mysterious ways. That's the probably, one that he's got. <laughs> Probably,
1: probably something like that. And I was like, you're not wrong. He definitely does because I've experienced it in my life so far in my, in my short years. But I was like, but that doesn't sound like something I want to accept or believe in again. Cause like, if I'm going to commit to something and I'm going to believe in this, like I've always believed there was a higher power. I've always believed in that. Like it's, it was just a given to me and it just made sense. So, but I was like, these questions just, they're not making sense. These answers aren't making sense. Um, but I kept going to church. I, I believed in God for sure, but I didn't believe in what was being taught at the church I was raised in. Um, but we also didn't have the choice to go. We were forced to go to church, whether we wanted to or not. And I disagree with that. Um, but I remember after going, and this I'm kind of all over the place. Sorry, guys, this isn't like a like a straight timeline. From like yeah, no, that's childhood right. to, to conversion, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I remember having all these questions and I remember meeting with the missionaries and not feeling comfortable enough to ask them these questions. Cause, um, one of the first questions out of the missionaries mouth was, all right, when you get in baptized, let's get a date on the calendar. I'm like, mm, there's oh, the door. like a goodbye. Uh-huh. Um, We're and I don't know if that was for these
0: elders or sisters. Elders. Elders, The majority
1: of the time I met with elders, there wasn't really very many sisters. Um, When I left for college, one of my friends started meeting with the missionaries, though, and he met with sisters in, like, Riverton area, but I don't know. It was Mm -hmm. mostly... Elders that I met with.
0: I guess at that Um, time it was before the age change, so yes, women still had to be twenty-one to go, and that was yeah I guess. So, and the baptism challenge was definitely pushed. Yeah, at that time, is it still pushed? It's not pushed anymore. It it? depends on the mission, I think. Yeah, okay. Yeah,
1: I think it just kind of depends on the mission and the mission president. But I don't know because I never served a mission. Right. But anyway, I just remember like the first few sets of missionaries that I met with. We didn't get very far. Um, because my parents like really snuffed it out. But also like none of it felt right to me. I was like, this feels way too pushy. This feels like you're forcing me to do something and I'm uncomfortable. So I'm just, I'm not gonna do it. I'm gonna keep going to church with my friends. I'm gonna keep going to the Tuesday activities and or whatever it was, Wednesday, Thursday activities. And that's the end of it. And so that's what I did. Um, And then I met a boy and I had the biggest crush on him. And we we ended up dating for a really long time. Um, and then he broke up with me when he moved to college, and it was, you know, terrible like first heartbreak, whatever. But I remember one of the reasons why his family did not like me is they were not LDS. They were not LDS, but they believed in the Book of Mormon. Very, very, sh- they, very strictly, they believed in the Book of Mormon. Wow. That's interesting.
3: That is interesting.
1: Yeah. I don't want to get yeah. too much into it because it's pretty private, but um, sure. yeah. just just like their family. But they were very, very, very religious people. And I'm still really good friends with them today. Um, But they were very religious people. And... I was just really confused because one of the biggest things that kind of pushed us to break up, not only him leaving for college, but there was like a religious turmoil going on there. Mm-hmm. And I remember telling him, I was like, I don't get the big idea. Like, I don't get what the big deal is about this Book of Mormon. Like, why? What's the big deal? I don't know. And I I don't care. Like, I just like you as a person. And that's what I want to do. Um, but he wanted to be with someone that shared his same beliefs. And I totally get that now. Um, and like, you know, I kind of got it then. Like I would like to be with someone who believed in God because I believed in God and it was important to me. But at the time I was like, I don't get the big idea. Um, so a few years back, sorry, so before I started dating this guy, uh, the church actually gifted me a quad, a beautiful quad. So it had all the sets of scriptures. I don't think I ever opened it. I was just like, uh, thanks. (laughs) I'm going to stick this in some drawer and just kind of move it around with me. But after, after this guy and I broke up, I started secretly, secretly reading the book of Mormon and I had no idea where to begin. I literally opened up the quad to the book of Mormon, like in the middle of the book of Mormon, you know, and I started reading it and I was like, hang on, none of this is making sense. This sounds like I'm starting in the middle somewhere. Like, I feel like I've missed so much information. This isn't making sense. And so I Googled like the first book in the book of Mormon. And so I started reading from there and I did it secretly because like my family didn't like the Mormons. Right. So I did it secretly. Um, I started reading that, but then I was a huge avid reader at the time. And I would go to the local library and just check out books all the time. So I started checking out books, like every book I could find on Mormonism. I checked out literally y'all. I checked out Mormonism for dummies. And I read that book. And <laughs> that like, <really laughs> exists. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it exists.
3: It exists. It's,
1: like no joke, but they really should be just like, for <laughs> yeah, real. Right. but I remember reading that book and being like, really touched by the idea of the belief of having a heavenly mother. I was like, that makes so much sense to me. That makes so much sense to me. And so I was like, okay, that's cool. And just like moved on from it. The other thing that really stood out to me was like, there was like a formula for prayer. And that really touched me because I wasn't really taught how to pray. Like I kind of knew, but it like, I loved having that formula Because it gave me something to follow. And it made me feel like I, like, to me, it made me feel like God was not this big, scary being. It made me feel like he was truly a father in heaven. Does that make sense? Because Mm -hmm. like, we're raised, So the church I was raised in, we were basically like made to fear God. Like they took fearing God very literally in the Bible. And so he's this big, scary, all powerful being that's going to like strike you dead at any time if you mess up. Right. Right. That's, that was my interpretation of him.
2: And
1: and then not to mention that, but the idea of a heaven and a hell, like there's two choices, either you live a pristine, perfect life and you make it to heaven and be with God or be with God forever, or you're going to burn in hell for all of eternity and i was like that sounds so crappy like i don't want to do that so i'm just going to try and be a good person and hopefully god's got grace on me and i'm going to somehow make it to heaven without being baptized like that's what happened um so i was like okay so here's this prayer it's more of a conversation with god i like that 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 makes sense to me so i'm going to start going with that and so i actually started praying like every day my senior year in high school i would pray in the morning and i would pray in the evening And it would literally like I would just follow. I would start my prayers out with like, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then I'd be like praying, asking for blessings or asking for help passing this test or what to know with this boy or that boy or whatever. And then like college decisions. And then um, like at the same time, I was secretly reading the Book of Mormon and I was reading all these other books. And but the thing is, is like I was not impartial, I didn't know who LDS LDS authors were. Like, I literally, if it was like tagged under Mormon in the public library system, I was reading it. So, I read about like Mountain Meadows Massacre, I read about polygamy, mm. I read about like everything. So you got um, and both so
3: sides from the start already, oh, right? yeah, yeah, oh, yeah,
1: interesting. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of so, like, the boyfriend that I was dating at the time, he actually has a Um, like a family history of polygamy. And so I was, and so I knew a lot about polygamy from him and he would tell me like his family's experiences with it and stuff. And I was like, I could never. Like I know right now I could never follow the law of polygamy personally. Like it's not even a like, I wouldn't call it a jealousy thing. Cause I feel like that might be like a toxic term, but it's like, it's a selfish thing. Like I want my husband to myself forever and I don't want to share him with anybody else. Like heaven forbid, absolutely not. And so I was like, that's cool that your family practiced it. But like, I could never do that. Uh-huh. Um, so like I knew all about the polygamy thing. Like I knew that Joseph Smith had extra uh, like multiple wives and I knew that Brigham Young had multiple wives. And so that wasn't, that really wasn't like a faith shattering thing to me because I didn't have any faith at the time, you know? Sure. Um, I remember when I actually started I meeting ask? with the missionaries. Oh yeah. Go ahead.
0: Can I ask Like it didn't really, it wasn't faith shattering, but it was it like, did it make you skeptical about anything? If that makes sense. Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. So because much.
1: I was like, I was like, this is just so weird. Like, why would anybody want to share their husband or their spouse with anyone else? Because I didn't understand that it wasn't like a like a both ways kind of thing. Like I thought it was women had multiple husbands at the same time oh, okay. too. I didn't I, I thought it was this like, what's the word, polyamory or something mm-hmm. like that? Yeah. I didn't realize it was strictly like just one man, like in this example, Joseph Smith having. 37 wives or whatever Brigham Young's number was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I knew it was practice, but the way that it was my understanding without talking to anybody else just from the books that I'd read um from LDS authors and non-LDS LDS authors was it was done mostly for like preservation because so many men had died like coming across the States. That was my understanding. And I was like, eh, still weird, but it makes sense. And that's, yeah. I'm just going to ignore that. That, that was my understanding of it. Sure. And then honestly, like it never really ever came up again. I was just like, Oh, it's just this thing about like Utah's history and like his Utah was not allowed to become a state until they outlawed polygamy. Right. Um, and I think that's, I think that's another one of those interesting things where it's like, was it really revelation Mm-hmm. or was it because you wanted to become a state like
2: right where's where's um. that
1: fine line you know and so and i know there's multiple multiple things that still have happened with that like was it really revelation for this thing to happen or was it just the prophet saying that yeah God and it, works in mysterious it
3: is. ways <laughs> yeah
1: exactly you know yeah. so it is what yeah. it is but i was just like i was like oh huh, that's that's really interesting that utah became a state Shortly after yeah, they outlawed polygamy. Or, yeah. or the other way around, I was like, oh, that's really interesting that they outlawed polygamy just in time to become a state. I was like, oh, that's that's interesting. But like I never really thought anything else of it. Um, but as I was reading the Book of Mormon, um, I remember talking to a friend that I was really close with at the time. Her name was Abby, and I was like, Hey, I have something to tell you, like, and I don't want anybody else to know because I didn't want the missionaries coming to me again. I wanted to figure this out for myself. Hmm. Um so that's kind of why I was doing it in a secret is because I didn't want my parents to find out and take away like my resources like take my scriptures away but I also didn't want the church to come to me and be like oh give me gimme kind of a thing you know I was just like ooh let's just slow your roll right um so I was talking with my friend Abby and I was like look I need your help I'm not understanding these things and I want to understand these things so can you explain this to me and she explained a lot of the language which was really really nice because I wasn't understanding the whole the thou whatever you know that yeah. ancient language Old English, sure yes so i still struggle with that you guys like <laughs> oh it's so difficult um, but i remember talking with her we were like in the library during english class and we were talking about it and she helped me a lot with it but the thing that i remember about it is she wasn't pushy she was just like oh i'm super excited for you like i i hope it answers the questions that you have and that was the end of it and she i also remember asking like how the heck do you pronounce some of these names like what like I remember calling layman la man for like the entire book. And I was like, I was like layman. His name's layman. What? Like what? This makes no sense. Um, but then I remember, uh, like fast forward through my senior year and I remember finishing the book of Mormon. And I remember taking, is it Moroni's challenge at the end of the book? Mm-hmm. I remember praying about it. I remember taking his challenge and being like, pray about this book, pray about if it's true. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do that. Like, let's find out if this is true. And so I did. I said my little prayer. I started like heavenly father, thank you for this day. Thank you for my family, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, okay, God, like, you know what I've been going through is this book true. And I got the confirmation. Yes. Like I know without a doubt that the book of Mormon is true. Like I know in my mind and in my heart that it is a true book. I know that. And that was all I took with it. I was just like, cool, another history book, check, done. Didn't touch my scriptures for another year. You guys like that was it. I was like, okay, I understand why my ex-boyfriend liked this book so much. Like it's a cool history book and you know, he believes in it. So that's good for him. And so I understood it a little bit more. And then, um, I still had a lot of questions, but I was like, you know what? Like I'm done asking for now. Like, I'm just going to live my life. I'm just going to be a good person and I'm going to go from there. And so even though I knew it was true and I knew a lot about the church, I was just like, I don't know. It's not really for me. I'm not feeling like it's for me yet. So I just did my thing. Um, And then I moved away to college. I went to Snow College and I had a boyfriend at the time. I broke up with him in my first semester and it was rough. My first semester was so freaking rough, y'all. And I remember I was talking to my friend, my best friend, Kayla. And I was like, Kayla, I don't have time for God because God doesn't have time for me. So I'm giving up on him. I'm giving up on God because there's no way that my life would suck this bad. There's no way that I would be this upset and just going through these rough times if God existed. Like I just, I don't have time for him and that's it. Um, and she, <laughs> to this day, she tells me, she's like, I can't tell you how bad that hurt me. And I'm like, Sorry, it was the truth. But like, <laughs> that was my experience at the time. Yeah. Um, but she was really awesome. She was just like, okay, if like, I'm just going to give you your space. And that's how she's always been. She's just, she's always been there for like, if you have questions, let me know. But she was also, I love her to death. And if she listens to this, like, sorry, you're finding out this way. But she, I felt like she would have been one of the ones to kind of push me to meet with the missionaries and start going to back to church and things. So I never opened up to her about it because I didn't a hundred percent feel safe that like it was a safe space because I did not want the missionaries to come to me. Right. Like I wanted to figure this out on my own. Um, but I remember she was preparing for a mission at the time too. I was like, yeah, cool. Go, whatever. Like serve your God, have a good time. And that was it.
2: Um,
1: I was kind of a brat. Like I was kind of like, not very tactful, I guess with my words, but I was like, yeah, whatever. Like you do you girl have a great time.
3: It sounds like um, you were genuinely angry. Like you, um, your freshman year was very hard it sounded like and you felt pretty neglected by God.
1: Oh yeah, I felt so bad. So a lot of it was I feel like because um I was honestly I was a toxic person. I was a very toxic girlfriend at the time. I've learned a lot from that. Um but I was a very toxic girlfriend and the boyfriend I was with at the time was very very toxic as well. And so a lot of it was like again just trying to find out who I was without this person and who I was because the, the person that I was with him, I did not like, um, I smoked weed with him and I drank alcohol with him and, um, we had premarital sex and things like that. And I did not like the person that I was becoming. And so that was a big part of it. Uh, part of why I was so angry with God is because I also felt like I was being punished in a sense. Um, so, but then like school was super, super difficult. Um, I broke up with my boyfriend. I decided to join the military because I was, um, at least I tried to, because I wanted to go into nursing school and I knew the military was going to pay for it. And so I like one weekend I went home and I told my family like, Hey, I'm going to go take the ASVAB. I'm going to go try and join the national guard army so that they can pay for my schooling. And my parents were shocked. They were like, no, you can't do that. Like you can't join the military. You're our little girl, blah, blah. And I was like, whatever, I'm doing it anyway. Like they're going to pay for my schooling. That's all I care about right now. Like, that's it. We're done. Um, And so that's what happened. Everything was going really, really well. And then, so Garrett, you don't know me, but I'm five feet tall and I'm 90 pounds. I've always been this teeny, tiny, little bitty thing. Okay. And so the, I do everything. I pass the ASVAB. Everything's good to go. Everything's scheduled. And they're like, you just need to gain 10 pounds. I'm like, that's not happening. I've literally tried to gain weight before. Like it, it just doesn't work for me. Um, But I was like, yeah, okay, actually, I'm going to give this a go. I'm going to start working out because I've tried the eating thing and it didn't work. So I'm going to try working out and go from there. And um, through all this time, I was just really angry. I was an angry person. Like I said, I was really toxic. Um, I was just really unhappy. And I just I didn't like who I was at the time. I wasn't depressed or anything like that. I just I hated who I was and what I was doing at the time. And I didn't like that. But I also didn't know who to go to because my roommates at the time had no idea. My roommates were all varying degrees of uh, LDS. They were all active, but they were all varying degrees of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't feel like I could open up to them. I didn't feel like I could open up to anybody, honestly, um, about what I was doing and what I was going through. And I just remember feeling so much shame, just so much shame. And I just became a completely different person. And I hated it. But like I said, I didn't know who to to um after christmas break happened my roommates pulled me aside and like they'd invited me to go to church and they invited me to institute and stuff and i'm like you know what guys it's really not for me like thank you but stop like it's just not (laughs) for me because i was the only non-lds member in our apartment of six girls and so like they were really cool they were just sharing it with me because it made them happy and so they were like cb like we really like we really want you to meet with the missionaries because we've known you these last however many months, it's been four or five months. And they're like, we just really think it would be good for you. And I was like, oh, fine, whatever. Like, this is going to be the last time I'm meeting with missionaries though, because I've done it before and it's never worked out. Like they're just pushy and I just, it's just not for me. And I was like, this is it. This is the last time I'm meeting with them. And then like, don't ever ask again, because I know what's going to happen. They're going to ask me to get baptized. I'm going to show them the door and that's going to be the end of it. That wasn't the end of it. Um, what happened was the first set of missionaries, it was right in the middle of a transfer. So they're like, hey, we only can meet for 15 minutes because we have another appointment, but we would gone, we want to get your contact information so that we can send the next missionaries over to meet you. I was like, ah, there it is. There it is. It's happening again. Here we go. And I was like, fine, whatever, here's my contact info. And then like I left for class. And then the next set of missionaries, there was some kind of mix-up where they're like, oh, we're actually. Not supposed to be in Ephraim. We're supposed to be in another town. We'll get you in touch with the other missionaries that are supposed to be here. I'm like, this is sounding like a load of, you know what? I was like, this, this is just, this is a family friendly podcast, um, (laughs) so I won't cuss. But I was like, this is sounding like a load of baloney. So whatever. Like, yeah, I give them my contact information, and then we'll go from there the next set of missionaries that came literally changed my life because they got to know me as a person. They're like, Hey, I'm elder. So-and-so. And and this is my companion elder. So-and-so. And they're like, who are you? Tell us about you. Like, what are you studying here at snow? What do you do for work? What's your family's like? And that was honestly the first few sessions. Like the sessions were only like 15, 30 minutes long. They weren't very long at all. I was surprised because my previous sessions with missionaries had been like an hour and it was like scripture reading and let us watch this movie. And I was like, Oh, this is so (laughs) boring. (laughs) It's boring. Yes. It was so boring. So these really fast meetings with these missionaries, I was like, Oh, this is kind of cool. And like, I'm making a friend here. Like they're getting to know me for me. And it wasn't until like the fourth lesson or whatever, where they were like, so the reason why we're meeting with you, like you obviously know this, like the reason why we're meeting with you is because we want to know if you're interested in the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I was like, honestly, not really. Like, I'm just kind of doing this to appease my roommates, just kind of seeing like what's out there kind of a thing. I'm just giving this another shot. So I told them basically everything you guys know now. And they were actually very surprised with my knowledge of Joseph Smith and the Book of Mormon and the history of the church. And they literally asked me, they're like, so if you have all of this knowledge and you know, the Book of Mormon is true, but they, they asked me why I hadn't joined the church yet. And I was like, because I've never felt called to, like, I don't know enough about it. Um, I don't know if it's something I can commit to just yet. And, uh, like I mentioned, like, if I'm going to do something, I am all in. I am both feet in. I don't tiptoe and just kind of like, blah, blah, blah. um at least I thought I did because I've been tiptoeing into this for seven, six, seven years at this point. Sure. Um, but when I was meeting with this missionary, I was like, I don't know. I just have a lot of questions. Like there's, there's a lot of things I don't know about this church. There's a lot of questions that I have. The biggest questions that I have was about Joseph Smith. I was like, who is he? Why did he do this? Like, I know so much about this man from these books that I read at the public library, but interestingly, they didn't feel right. They didn't feel like the truth. Um, or I didn't, do you remember feel like any I knew of those enough. books by
0: chance? Like titles, authors, anything like that? No,
1: I wish I did. The only one I remember being completely like shocked and appalled on was the more, the mountain Meadows massacre book that I read. Okay. Um, but I don't remember any of the other ones. Honestly, some of the other ones that I read were like from former prophets. And I was like, this is boring. I'm taking this one back. I'm not reading this. Like, (laughs) so boring. Some old dead dude wrote this and I'm not into this. So that's it. Um, The ones that were interesting though, were the ones on like polygamy and things like that because they were written from a personal perspective and that person's experience with it. Mm -hmm. And that's always fascinated me. I love hearing other people's experiences. but. Uh, this missionary was like, okay, well, let's just start from the beginning. Let's just you write down what questions you have, and then we'll answer them to the best of our abilities. And that's kind of what happened. Uh, they would give me like the homework to do based from the lesson. Um, and then I would, I would read my scriptures because I'm like, look, if I'm going to do this, this is my last time I'm meeting with the missionaries. I'm going to give it an honest shot. Sure. So I did. I pulled out my quad. Like I packed my quad with me to college. Like <laughs> this book that I never, like I hadn't touched in a year and a half. Like I packed it with me to college. And so they were actually surprised about that too. They're like, you have a quad? Like who are you? And like literally, why are you not a member yet? And they're like, you're because- the Golden
0: Investigator, mm-hmm. know, right? basically, Speaking probably a missionary. So yeah
1: probably um but the thing is is like I had so many questions and at the time it and this is still my stance on it it inevitably came down to so far everything is sounding true I'm praying about it I'm reading the scriptures I'm giving it a legitimate honest shot like completely Completely unblocked by anything. Um, I also wasn't letting my roommates really kind of have any say one way or the other to it. Like they would be there with me, meeting with me, but they didn't really give me anything. But anyway, so I gave it a super honest go and I was like, okay, this is sounding right. And this is so scary to me because I've never felt this way before. And I've never felt this desire to know more about something like this. other than like school. Like that sounds weird, but like I've always had a desire to learn. I love learning. I love, I just love school and learning and things like that. But I wanted to know more and everything was making sense. There was still a huge question in my heart that I was like, I can't in good conscience join this church unless I know more about Joseph Smith, who the founder was. And so I started asking the missionaries all these questions about Joseph Smith. I was like, who was he and why did he do this and where did he come from and what's his story and blah, 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 blah. And I remember a lot of the questions they actually couldn't answer. I don't remember what they were. I wish I wrote them down. I'm terrible at keeping a journal, but like, I wish I did during this time, you know, like we're encouraged to do, but I suck at keeping a journal, but I remember they didn't have questions to them. And so I remember being like, I don't like that. I don't like that. You're a missionary of this church and you can't answer these questions And so there was there was a little bit of like a tug of war there because I loved everything I was hearing about the Book of Mormon and the scriptures. Like I knew those were true, but I didn't like that these missionaries who in my mind was supposed to know everything about the gospel and they couldn't answer these questions for me. And so I was like, so I took it to God. I was like, tell me what I'm supposed to do, Lord. Like, I'm all in here. Tell me what I'm supposed to do. And so I prayed about it and this is so weird and it's not going to make sense. But my answer was, you'll find out in time. Said, you will know in time. And I'm like, I don't like that answer, but it's good enough for now. And so the other question I had, I was like, okay, that's about Joseph Smith. But prophets on the earth today, really? Mm -hmm. Really? Um, I don't think so. I don't agree with that. That Mm -hmm. sounds hokey to me. And so I started asking them about like, current prophets and things like that and they're like yeah that's something that sets us apart from every other church Is we have the true prophet here on earth like talking to god and i'm like do you though like do you like i'm not trying to be mean but do you because like why why isn't everybody a part right. of this church then it's a like, very bold
0: claim right
1: yeah it is a very right. bold claim so i was like really i don't believe you but Um, again, I took it to God and I was like, look, I don't know. I don't know because I've never heard from these dudes. Like I remember in 2008, a bunch of my friends were crying at school because some old guy died and it was president (laughs) Hinckley at the time. And I'm like, I'm like, why are all of you so sad? Like, who is this guy to you? Like what? So weird. I remember being so weirded out by that. And, um, it was just like a really interesting experience. But again, I like, I took it to God and I prayed about it. And I got the answer again, like, you'll know in time whether they're true or not. And I was like, all right, that's good enough for me. And so uh, we kept on with the missionary lessons. And one day while all my roommates were at the temple, I was reading uh, the scriptures. I woke up at the same time as they did to go to the temple. But because I couldn't go, I just read my scriptures. And I remember one day I got a prompting to pray about it. And I was like, pray about what? Like, what am I? I'm literally reading scriptures. What am I supposed to pray about? I already know the Book of Mormon's is true. What am I supposed to pray about? And so I was just, just kind of having like, this is going to sound weird, but I was just kind of having like a conversation with myself, with God. And I was like, what am I supposed to be praying about? I already know this is true. And it's like, well, is it true for you? And I was like, oh, snap. Okay. Let's pray about that. <laughs> and so I remember, I remember sitting in my roommate's room And because I was studying at her desk and I remember just being like, okay, God, I know the book of Mormon's true. I've been meeting with the missionaries. Is this church true? Is your church true? Is this it? And I got the answer. Yes, it was very simple. And then I was like, should I get baptized? Like, is this it? Should I get baptized? And you guys, the feeling that I had is when they talk about a burning in your bosom and just feeling like you're glowing, that's exactly what happened for me. I knew without a shadow of a doubt in my mind that I needed to get baptized. That was a hundred percent the right decision for me. And so I was like, I was terrified. I was like, okay, this is really good, but I'm terrified. You need to go upstairs, dear. (laughs) Um, she's like creeping in. Um, and so I was like, okay, like I'm going to tuck that thought away, that scary thought away. And I'm just, I'm going to go from there. And it was a Wednesday night or a Wednesday morning because my roommates would go every Wednesday morning. So I was reading that Wednesday. And I remember that day should have been like such an awful day. Like I made some very serious mistakes at my job. I made some very serious. I was on the dance company at the time. And I remember making some very serious mistakes in the dance company. And my coach just ripping into me, just being so rude. And it should have been an awful day. But I felt like there was like a golden shield around me, like nothing could touch me that day. Like it was it was incredible. And I remember telling my roommates, I was like, hey, guys, like, look, I've got something to tell you, like, I'm going to get baptized into your guys's church. And they were so excited for me. Everything was great. I was really excited to tell the missionaries that night when we were meeting with them. Um, cause also it's like something that kind of made it meeting with the d- missionaries difficult during that spring semester was I was taking 19 credits and working a part-time job. So I literally had like two hours of free time on Wednesdays that I didn't have any other day of the week between work and dance and practice and yeah. all that. So I was like, I can meet with the like this one hour after dinner before I have to go to my evening classes. And so we made it work. And I remember telling the missionaries that night, I was like, Hey guys, like, I think I want to get baptized. I still have a lot of questions, but I prayed about it. And my answer is you'll know in time. And that's good enough for me for now. But like, I still have questions. I'm letting you know, like this isn't just like a free Willie going in kind of a thing. Um, and I remember that night was actually the very first time that I ever met my husband um, in that class that we had, it was, it was a massive, massive class. And that was the very first time I'd ever met my husband, um, was the day I decided to get baptized. So I thought that was super interesting. Um, the next following weeks, I remember being scared to death because, uh, my family does not like Mormons. They have a lot of reasons to not like them and we can get into that at another time. Um, but my Uh, Just from the way that they've been treated, but also like my mom had her, my adopted mom had her records removed from the church. Like that's like a pretty big deal. Right. Mm -hmm. And then to have Mm -hmm. me come in and then to have me come in and be like, look, I'm joining this church. Because what had happened, the way I told my family was one weekend I went home, I told them I was joining the military. A few weekends go by, I come home, I tell them I meet this boy, right? Like it was just <laughs> bing, big, boom, all these massive decisions coming in. And they're like, Stevie, are you okay? I'm like, I've never felt more alive. Like I've never felt more certain of anything in my life. Um, but it literally was like one weekend I told him I was going to join the military. One weekend and a few weekends later, I told him that I met this boy. And the few weekends later, I told them, hey, I'm joining the LDS church. And the thing that's crazy about it is my family, we never talked about the gospel ever. Like we went to church on Sundays for one hour. That was it. We never had scripture study. We never, we never talked about the gospel. Honestly, we just never did. Um, And that was fine for us. And so when I told them that I was joining the LDS church, like it was such a bomb because I wasn't trying to hide the fact that I was meeting with the missionaries from them. It just literally never came up because we don't talk about what our spiritual beliefs are, you know? So it literally never came up and it wasn't like I was trying to hide it. But um, I remember telling them, I'm like, Hey, I'm doing this. I know your thoughts and feelings about the church, but I'm doing this. And I would love for you guys to come. This is the date. And then we just had a discussion from there. And the thing that was interesting is they're like, you're only joining the church for Steven. You're only joining the church because you met this boy. I'm like, actually, I made the decision. And then I met the boy. Like it happened <laughs> in the same day, but I made the decision that morning. I got the confirmation that morning. And then I met him that night. Like, yeah, it is not because of him, like at all. And I've act- I've had to like repeat that to my family several times, even years later. Like, it's just super interesting. Um, but I remember I was like literally scared to death. I was 100% convinced like, like saying had me convinced without a shadow of a doubt that my family was going to disown me and I was going to lose everyone I knew, um, for joining the church. And I was terrified. I was like, Hey, can't do it because I, I can't lose my family. Like these girls, I've only known these girls, my roommates for like six, seven months at this point. Like they're not my family. My family's the one I was raised with. Like my family's right. one who's made sacrifices for me, you know? And I can't just leave them, but like in my heart, I knew that this was still the right decision. And so I prayed about it. Like, I remember just sobbing one night being like, God, I'm so scared. I'm going to lose my family. If I join the church, I know I'm going to lose my family. Like I'm certain of it. And again, I just felt like this overwhelming amount of peace, just being like, it's all going to be taken care of. It's all going to be taken care of. Just, you know, do what you know is right. And I remember talking with the missionaries and talking with the, so the guy that was meeting with the missionaries with me. Cause like, you have to have another man there, you know, right. his name was Daniel. And I remember talking with Daniel. I'm like, Daniel, I'm terrified. I can't tell my family, but I want them to know because I can't keep this a secret. Like this is going to be such a massive part of me. And so Daniel was like, well, how about a blessing? And I was like, I've never had one, but let's do it. Like, let's go for it. So the morning that I left to go tell my parents that I was joining in the church, Daniel came over and so did the missionaries and they all gave me a blessing. And I I was literally shaking during the blessing. Like I was shaking on the way home. I was shaking all day because I was so scared of telling my family that I was joining the church because I was convinced without a shadow of a doubt that I was going to lose them. And that didn't happen. Thank goodness. But my family, they were just like, we don't agree with this at all. Like, you know what the church is like, you know what the members are like. Um, And then my mom like told everybody, she told all of my family members, all my aunts and uncles, she told everybody, all 30 members of our church. And I got like text messages and people being like, are you sure? Like, do you know what you're doing? And I'm like, you guys pushed me to get baptized in a church I didn't believe in at 12 and 16 years old. And now that I believe 100% in this church and this belief, like in God still, like, like, it's not like I'm worshiping some other God. You guys are like hateful about it. Like, this doesn't make any sense to me. But I was like, yep, I'm doing it. Like, because I know it's true. I know it's what's right for me. And you guys might not agree with it, but that's okay. Because I know it's right. I, and I real, remember
0: really quick. I just feel ahead. like that's a good place that, um, maybe ex members of the church can empathize in a lot of ways. Yeah. Just like the fear of like having to talk to your family and say like, Hey, I've made this big life decision. And like, I remember driving to my parents' house to like talk to them and I was shaking, you know, yeah. so, like, listen, I don't believe in. Yeah. The historicity of a lot of this stuff. Anyway, anyways, you know, I'm but, so like, glad
1: you brought that up. Yeah. Cause I remember thinking that same thought, um, I don't remember which podcast episode. They honestly all kind of blurred together because sure. I listened yeah. to them all in the same week. But I remember being like, oh, yeah, I remember that feeling, that feeling, talking to my parents about joining the church. So I feel like yeah. that's an interesting feeling that we have about potentially leaving it, especially if you were raised in it. Right. So that's really interesting. Yeah. Everyone just
0: has these feelings that they're going to let their family down
1: yeah. because they don't yeah.
0: have the same beliefs, whether it be maybe political or religious mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, like insert your beliefs and it can be really tough to be an outsider in a sense in your own family where you should feel the most inside. Oh yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. And I absolutely am. I am the outsider. I'm the only member in my family, not just like active member. Like I'm the only member in my family. Right. Um, and it's actually, it's actually caused some problems because I feel like I'm still the same person. Um, Like I talked about how I drank before and I smoked weed before I had awful, awful experiences with those. Like, I don't know if this is something you want to talk about on this podcast, but like, um, the very first time I got drunk, I hated it so much. And, um, at that time I was like, I'm never drinking again. Like this, this was just such an awful experience for me. Like I'm never doing it again. And so personally, I don't drink alcohol but not because I'm LDS just because I don't like it. I don't enjoy it. It's not fun for me. And I don't understand how, Other people can enjoy it because I'm like, I had such a terrible experience, but like good Uh for you that you can do it. But in that same vein, I'm not sitting here pushing you to be like, oh, do you know how bad that stuff is for you? Like you should stop drinking right now. But like if I go to a family party, like we actually have a family Christmas party coming up and every single year, my siblings, they pressure Steven and I to drink. They're like, oh, just take a shot. It's not going to hurt anything. I'm like, I know it's not going to hurt anything. It's just disgusting. And yeah. it doesn't make me feel good. Like, it like it's just the not and why. Yeah, right. it doesn't Can matter the not, reasons why. Yeah, it's exactly.
2: like what,
3: why is it so important for me to take this shot? You know, right. <laughs> is there another exactly. way indicate like what it is yeah. that we're trying to do
2: here? You know? yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. So it's it's so weird, but it's just like it's things like that. Um, where it, it's not because I'm LDS. It's just that's just who I am as a person. I just I don't enjoy it, and that's fine. Um, but the same thing is, is like I hate spicy stuff. like hundred percent white girl right here, like toothpaste <laughs> too spicy for me. Like I don't do it. And so I see I see like alcohol and other substances in the same way. Like I just don't like it. Like it's yeah. fine that you do it. And like we've had my siblings to my house, and I'm like, it's fine if you drink alcohol in my house, but you have to buy it. Like we don't have a coffee machine. We don't have alcohol on hand. Like if you want to drink it, that's fine bring your own. It's like, it's no yeah. sweat off my back, whatever the phrase is. Um, but I, yeah, I remember just being like terrified to tell my family. It all eventually worked out. Like there were some, um, really tough times in the very, very beginning. Like, um, I ended up getting baptized. My parents did end up coming, which was surprising. Um, but they did end up coming and supporting me. And I think what ended up happening is I think my mom was like, this is just a phase. Sure. It's just a phase. She'll go to church. She'll go to the 3-hour church at the time. <laughs> She'll see how terrible these people are. Yeah. She'll see what they're really like cuz right now they're just being nice to her. They yeah. just want her to join so they're just being nice that's all it is. My dad didn't really have anything to say on the matter and he still hasn't. There was a lot of conversations that we had with my mom before she passed. Um but she was just like it's just a phase, whatever. Um and then from there I got baptized in March 2014. And then I moved home in like April or June, whatever it was, I was home for literally one week, I hadn't even unpacked my boxes or anything. um, Because it was so tense at home, there were so many little things, where it was like, from the way I dressed, to the food I ate, to the drinks I drank, um, where my parents, my mom, who was again, an ex member, uh, who had had her records removed? She's like, you can't do that. You can't do this. You can't wear that because you're a member now. And mm. I'm like, I wasn't taught that I couldn't do this. So I'm, I'm so confused, bro. Like yeah. you're telling me mm. I can't do something. I was never taught that I couldn't do this because kind like, those, like I wasn't written
0: rules in the church. Yeah. In the sense. yeah.
1: Yeah. Like I was drinking an uncaffeinated soda. I think it was like a <laughs> doctor, not a Dr. Pepper. What was it? Like a like a root beer at the time. And my mom was like, Oh, you can't drink soda anymore. And I'm like, literally never heard that, but I'm going to yeah. do it anyway, because I wasn't taught that I couldn't do that. Sure. Um, yeah. you know, and then like, I would wear like short shorts and I would wear tank tops and things like that. And she's like, you can't wear that you're LDS now. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I see all my friends dressing like this. Like, what are you talking about? So confused. And so it was like, I was walking on eggshells around her. She was walking on eggshells around me. Like it was really, really difficult. And I remember getting in my car and calling. He was my boyfriend at the time. And I was like, I can't do this. I was like, if I stay here, I'm not going to church. I can't do it. Um, I, I hadn't even gone to church at that point. Like I moved home that Sunday or whatever, um, but I'd gone to church in Ephraim. And then I moved home after that or something like that. I hadn't even gone to church but I told, I called my boyfriend and I'm just crying. And I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. Um, My, I I can't, like my family doesn't support me. I'm fighting with my parents all the time. Like it would almost be better that they had disowned me because we're just fighting all the time now and I can't do it. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, well, he's like, just pray about it. Like figure out what you want to do. And that was the answer for a lot of things in the beginning. And looking back, I wish we'd had more like solution physical based things to go off of. Um, but that came later, you know, after prayer and what ended up happening is he called me the next day and he's like, look, I talked to my parents. They said that they have an extra room in their basement. If you want to come live here, come live here. And you'll have that support that you need. Um, because like, they just want, we just want to make sure that you're safe and you're healthy and you're happy. That's all that matters. And he's like, and then, and then he's like, you're, you got baptized, but he's like, but it's Okay. Like he let me know that it was okay to not go because of what the situation would have been with my family. So I told my parents, I was like, I'm not happy here. This isn't working. Um, I feel like I can't be who I feel like is true. I feel like I can't be my true LDS self or whatever you want to call it in this household, because I feel like you guys are unhappy with it. And I'd rather not be here. So I, Like, I think I literally just unpacked my suitcase of like essentials and I packed that back up, moved all my crap back into my car and I drove back home to Ephraim and I lived with uh, Stephen and his parents until I could get a job and get an apartment. I was only in their house for like three weeks and then I was able to get an apartment and stuff. Um, and then from there, like Stephen and I dated and everything went really well. We went to church together. We studied, everything went really, really well. His parents were super supportive, which was really nice. Um, and I still talked with my family. Like I would go home for birthday parties and things. Cause Ephraim's only like two hours, an hour and a half away from Riverton. So I wasn't too terribly far. Right. <clears throat> um, but the thing that was interesting is like the first family party that I went to, the one person that I thought would be the most against me was ended up being the one who was most for me. And then the ones that I thought would have my back and understand and just want to be happy for me, those were the ones who were the most disagreeable. So that was a complete like, what the heck just happened kind of a thing. Like my yeah. brother, I remember I remember him like being scared to tell him, be like, oh, did you hear I'm Mormon now. Like did you hear I joined those guys. I remember him just being like, cool, like good for you. If that makes you happy, good for you. He's like, I'm not going to join but good for you. And I was like, cool. I like that answer. But my other siblings are like, you don't know what, or they're like, you know what they're like, why would you join them? They're terrible, awful people, blah, blah, blah. And I remember actually, so like, I think my daughter interrupted us before I could say this, but, um, after my mom had called like all 30 members of our church or whatever, one of them actually came up to me that next Sunday and was like, I'm begging you. I'm on my knees begging you do not join the Mormon church. You don't know what they're like. They do terrible, terrible things. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, tell me what terrible things they do. And that will help affect my decision. Cause I want to know everything before going into this. And she's like, oh, I can't say they're done in the temple. I can't say. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like I, the temple is a hush hush topic, you know, like it's, it's, become more talked about in recent years, like what we can and can't say, you know, but mm-hmm. she's like, I can't talk about it. It happens in the temple.
0: That's interesting. Whatever. That member would feel like they couldn't talk about that.
1: Yeah. Right. So yeah. Right? Like, as I've gotten older, I'm just kind of like, I don't know. That was just a weird situation, but I remember being so weirded out by an ex member, literally begging me like, yeah, guys, tears in his eyes, begging me not to join the LDS church. And it literally, like, it gave me pause. And so I was just like, this is something I need to take to God. Like, this decision ultimately is between me and him. Nobody else. Nobody else. And so that's what it was. I took it to God. And again, the answer was just like, it's going to be okay. Everything is going to work out. And it's like, it was, I hated that answer. You guys, I can't tell you how much I hated that answer. (laughs) I was like, I still hate that answer. (laughs) I know. I still hate that answer. Like, I need to know now what's going to happen. And like, I still, I still do that sometimes. And I hate that I get the answer like, Oh, it'll all work out in my time. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, can you make it on my time? Like just this once please. But it's fine. Anyway. So, um, Steven and I, we ended up getting engaged in July. We got married in September and then um, we were able to be sealed in the temple six months later because it was one year for my baptism. Right. And so we'd gone on a bunch of like temple dates together. We had baptisms together and everything was really, really good. My relationship, I felt like I was really solid. I felt like I was doing absolutely everything I needed to. Um, when the sealing came around... Um, my mom, like Steven and I were already married at this point. I don't remember what it was. I think Steven, cause he was a wildland firefighter at the time. I think he was off on a fire, but I was talking to my mom about like, oh yeah, we're planning to get sealed. Um, you can't be there in the room because you're not a member, but I would really, really love it if you would come to the luncheon afterwards. And what she said stung me like it really, really hurt me. She's like, well, if I can't be there, I'm just not going to go. Like if I can't see you do the ceremony, I'm just not going to go. And it hurt really bad. But I wasn't going to let her know how bad it hurt me. So I was just like, okay, that's your choice. That's your choice. And then what happened later is she was like, well, here, let me tell you why she's like, I've heard all these rumors from people at church about what happens. And she's like, I've heard that the sealer needs to watch you guys consummate the marriage to make sure everything's like oh, golden God. and good to go. And I'm like, that's weird as heck because Stephen and I have been married for six months by now. Like that's super freaking weird. And I was like, I don't know anything about the temple um, because it's like such a sacred hush, hush topic, whatever. But I'm pretty certain that goes against everything I've ever been taught. So I'm fairly certain that doesn't actually happen. Um, But I called up Steven and I told him this. And I was like, dude, you got to talk to my mom. Like, I know you've been to ceilings before with like your mission buddies getting married and whatnot. Just tell my mom what you can because like we're fighting right now and I don't like fighting with my mom. So I was like, go ahead and tell her what you can. And he's like, well, I can't say much, but I can definitely let her know that that doesn't happen. And she's like, well, you're just saying that because you want to go with the ceiling. And I'm like, whatever, like, believe what you want to believe. Like, this is what we're doing. Show up, don't show up. But like, I was so mad at that point. I was like, how, like, why are you being so disrespectful about this? Like, why, why? I don't get it. Um, What ended up happening is she... (laughs) Um, I'd only been a member a year at this point. Like I received my endowments. We got sealed later that weekend. Um, and my mom told me, she's like, you know what? I'm actually really proud of you. I'm really proud of you through like for going through all the motions of doing this. And I'm like, I'm not going through the motions. Like these are very serious commitments and very serious covenants that I take seriously that I'm not going to just turn my back on. Like I've thought long and hard about this. Like this isn't just a phase mom. And she's like, yeah, I'm glad it's not just a phase, but she's like, but just so you know, like you'll change your mind. And I'm like, no, I won't. No, I won't. Like, I'm not that kind of a person. And here I am like eight years later, still a very active member of the church. And my mom told me um, a few years before she died, she ended up being like, you know, I'm actually really proud of you. She's like, I've seen The way that it's made you a better person, I've seen how much happier you are with this. She's like, I see the love that you have for everybody, like your husband, your family members for everybody. She's like, I'm really happy for you. And I'm like, thank you. Like, that means a lot because it was so awful in the beginning. Um, But that's basically like that's honestly pretty much my whole conversion story. And it was a really long one, but yeah, that's just kind of my experience.
3: That's a lot of
0: (laughs) obstacles that you had and ups and downs. And yeah, I I find it interesting, you know, that your your mom being an ex-member of the church, I'm assuming she would probably left the church before she ever... Went through the temple. So maybe in, that, she would, like be maybe? Maybe that
1: would be my know. assumption. Maybe that would be my assumption. I don't know. So my mom passed away two years ago from cancer. And I would mm-hmm. there's so many conversations that I would love to have now with her that I can't have. Yeah. Um, but I also feel like I can't have them with my dad either because my dad was never a member. And again, like religion was never really something we talked about. Sure. And but I for I don't know what it is, and I'm not brave enough to ask him yet but I don't know what his beef is with Latter-day Saints either. I don't know, but he loves me. He doesn't treat me any different and he absolutely Absolutely. adores my husband. Um, He's actually asked my husband to give my mom blessings when she was really, really sick during cancer. And he, Yeah. yeah, really interesting. So I'm just like, okay, like that's interesting. But again, um, so something that's really interesting is in my patriarchal blessing, it says, It was not a mistake that you were like in the ways that you were introduced to the church. Like that wasn't a mistake, all the ways that you were introduced to it. And I remember receiving that. And I remember looking up at my husband and being like, did you just hear that? Like, did I hear that correctly? Did you just hear that? And he was like, oh, like that was crazy. Um, But another thing, like with my family, my patriarchal blessing also mentions that I'll have missionary experiences with my family. And I'm like, are you sure? Because like my family's so like me and they're just like, we want nothing to do with it. At least Mm -hmm. that's how I was at the time. So I'm just like, okay, God, like, I trust you. Like, I'm just going to keep being my example. And, um, my family has had questions over the years and we answer them, but that's honestly it. Like, I don't push at all because I don't want to push them away. And I've had the thought sometimes I'm like, just because my family didn't disown me then would they in the future? if I'm too pushy, you know? So I've definitely been very non-pushy in it um, other than just sharing like my experiences like on my social media or like if it happens to come up in conversation be like, oh yeah, we had a similar situation happen at church or with this person we go to church with or something like that. But we really don't just talk religion in my family. There was one time when my sister had a miscarriage and I remember talking to her and just being like, Hey, I don't know if this brings you any comfort, but like, it's my belief that you'll be with that child in the next life. Like, that's my belief. And I, I hope that brings you comfort and let me know if there's anything else I can do for you. And it took her a long time to message me back, but she's like, you know what? Thank you. Like that actually does bring me some comfort that there's a possibility of that. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, yeah, you're welcome. Like, and that's all it was. So there's a few examples, but for the most part, we just, we don't talk about it, <laughs> so, yeah. which is fine.
0: Yeah, it's like, what? I don't know. It's kind of like with our situation in some ways. Yeah, we don't feel talk religion way. with our families.
3: Yeah, it's like, I don't, don't want to rock the boat, you know, kind of on the other, on the other way around, you know, like I don't want yeah. to affect their faith. I don't want to, to convince them of anything or expose any historical events that they have never looked into, you know. It's, yeah. It's a sensitive subject, you know, and there's a lot of fear around it. Yeah.
1: And I feel like a lot of it is, is like, you don't want to offend them. Like, right. because... In my experience, like, and I, I would assume you can correct me if I'm wrong in your guys's as well. like it's coming from a place of love and trying to understand and trying to be understood. It's never from a place of like hatred or malice mm-hmm. is yeah. like what mine is. Like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, you guys have to be Mormon because like we all have to be together in the afterlife, like kind of a thing. Like, right. I'm like, you know what? God's going to sort it out. Because yeah. to me, I'm like, if you believe, and this is you as a general term, I'm not saying like you guys specifically, but like, if you believe that God is just going to sit there and punish them and not allow them any chance at all, like you must not believe he's as powerful as you say he is. Does sure. that make sense? Yeah. So I'm just like, like, you got to, you got to do as much as you can do and then just give it to God because ultimately he's the one who's going to decide everything. That's, those are my thoughts on it.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah it's cool. I. Thank you for sharing your story with us like I feel yeah. like it's this conversion process of yours I can relate to it in a lot of ways my deconversion process and in some I yeah. guess makes sense and I think that's just the whole point of like our podcast right is to be able to understand another person's point of view mm-hmm. and in some ways I was talking to my wife earlier today um like have someone in your corner Yes. you know I mean and I love the fact or love, love the idea of having people in your corner, but not just people who are on your side in your corner, but people from yeah. the other side of the table who are in your corner, you know, like yeah. for you joining the church sounds like a very spiritual experience and like something that you're very committed to and that you hold very dear and sacred for so many reasons, you know, not just like any service level kind of stuff. And I want you to keep that, you know, like I want you Thank to, you have that faith and not feel like it ever needs to be attacked. Um, Mm -hmm. Oh, and it
1: has. Yeah, it definitely has. Um, Are you guys familiar with like pageant protesters? Have you heard about those?
0: Are they like the evangelical Christians a lot of the times who will? Yeah.
1: Well, not just like, not just Christians, but just like other, just just everybody. But yeah, a lot of it is like evangelical Christians. Um, So right after I got baptized, um, like literally right after I got baptized in March. And then in June, it was the Manti Mormon miracle pageant down here when that was still going. And one of the, my husband's really good friends with some evangelical members from California that their whole church like comes out here, like a two week mission trip, trying to convert Mormons and stuff.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> trying it's interesting. Us,
2: right?
1: <laughs> yeah, trying to save us, you know? Um, but <clears throat> there was one lady that was talking with me and her and I was like, hey, you're a friend of my husband's. Like, this is so awesome. Like, we'll welcome me with open arms. Like, I don't agree with what you're doing, but I'm not here to spread hate or nothing like that. Um, but something that had happened is later come to find out she found out that I was a recent convert to the church. She knew I was raised um, in a non-denominational Christian faith. And she like kind of created this plan with her husband to separate Stephen and I. So that she could like talk to me about why I was going to hell for believing what I was believing in. And I literally cried after our like conversation together because she was asking me all these questions about like, well, did you know in the Bible it says this, but in the Book of Mormon it says this. And it was just like, it was just Bible bashing and it was so contentious. And it was just like the worst feeling ever. And I remember like Steven getting back and I was like holding back tears. I was almost in tears talking to this lady. And I remember honestly, the whole time saying to her, like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the Book of Mormon well enough to sit here and refute your stuff. Like, I don't know. I just know what I felt and I felt Mm. like this was the right decision for me. So that's why I joined. Um, But I remember when Steven got back, I was like, don't you ever leave me alone with someone like that ever again. Because like. I'm going to lose it if you Yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and right and so no, that's not,
3: that's yeah, not cool. Nobody should you know? attack you. Yeah. No,
1: and so he didn't know that's what was going on. He didn't realize. he. We were both under the impression that he was going to go get some drinks, like some soda with uh, his friend, and I was just going to hang out with the girls, you know, just doing a girls thing. And that's what we were both under the impression of. Come to find out it was a plan later. And Stephen was so mad. He's not someone that gets mad very easy. Like, I very rarely see him angry. And he was angry. Like I've never seen him that mad before. And he tore into the husband. He's like, that was so uncalled for. He's like, that is not what we do. He's like, that is not what our friendship is based on. And you will never do anything like that again. Yeah. Um. And it's happened a few times. Like there's been a few times. Um. But at this point now, like I just, I don't really talk about it. If I know there's going to be contention, like if I can't have an open conversation to understand you and for you to understand me it's not worth my time like and i want to like i want to understand the other side as well like i'm like i said i would love to be on here again and talk with you guys and kind of hear uh garrett especially yours because you have officially made that decision to leave um Mm -hmm. i'm very interested in that and i want to know more just because like i feel like it would give me a greater understanding of how to be like more of a safe space for people to come to and i don't ever want it to be like a bible bashing like or just like any kind of a contentious thing.
3: Yeah, no, I love that. That's that's all, that's what it's all about. You know, and like, yeah. I, I think what's really cool about your story and just kind of like listening to this is how much we have in common, just kind of like on, on the opposite, I guess, dream. Yeah. You know? um, and, and I think that's like really the beautiful thing about being able to come together like this is, is like, you know, we can just, celebrate the fact that we are in a journey and we can still mm-hmm. be there for each other, you know, in whatever way that is. And uh, like despite differences and that kind of thing, which I mean, that's that's just so cool. Yeah. yeah. So thank you so yeah. much for sharing. Yeah. And I want to hear more. Like, I'd love to hear more like in the future kind of about how things have been as a member now and, and you know, several years into your conversion and yeah. and that kind of thing. But, you know, unfortunately, we're out of time today.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: Thanks Stevie. I, yeah. Along with Garrett, love to have you back on the podcast and to hear more about your story and just continue this conversation because yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot to be learned from each other in a lot of ways. For sure. So, and
1: I like, I have just really good experiences. I have really good memories of just being with you, Garrett. Uh, sorry, Garrett Mitchell. Um, (laughs) like I remember talking with friends and I remember talking about the gospel with you and it was always just a positive experience. Like, with you at least. So I appreciate that. And I appreciate this opportunity for sure. And I hope to come back because I would love to hear more about your guys' side. Um, But only if you're willing, only if you're comfortable.
0: Of course. Yeah. 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 Well, this is our last episode for a little while, at least Um, we will be taking a break for the holidays and stuff like that. Um, But we just wanted to thank all of our listeners who are participating with us. We've reached over a thousand total Downloads since we started this podcast. That's over eight episodes so far. And we only started one late summer. So we just appreciate everyone like tuning in and stuff. So um send us an email if you have any content, suggestions, stuff like that, ldsbridgebuilders at gmail.com. Also, Stevie, did you want to plug your social media? Like
1: Yeah. So if anybody uh, wants to contact me, um, I'm most active on Instagram and it's just at coach Stevie J on Instagram. Um, also I accept every spread request on Facebook. So if you want to read me there too, that works and we can just discuss that way too.
0: Cool. Yeah. We'll plug a, a link to your Instagram in our sure. show notes and stuff like that. So yeah, thanks for talking Stevie. We'll end the recording here and that'll be it. So Perfect. yeah. Thanks again. Yeah. Thanks.
1: Thank you.